0: Hello and welcome to DM and DMer. My name is Nate Peterson. I am a DM and I know some people who are a little bit more DMer than I am. Uh, one of which I've got on today's show and his name is Will Brown. How are you, Will? What's up, Wilbo? You said the name of my show. I love that. I, I did. I said planned... Wilbo? That's basically the one thing I've got planned here. It's literally, the... it's literally the first line that I've got in red, which is specific for you. What's up, Wilbo?
1: That's a touch of professionalism. Look, I just want everybody that's at home listening to this podcast to just really like it. it. Is this is magic, right? Just, just take a second to appreciate a what Nate is putting together to you, for you, together for you, and just take just take a moment to take stock in about how much of a, a great guest I am, all right? Like, I cannot stress enough, guys. You're you're so fortunate i've just i decided to to give nate any of my time like like, i just i just wanted to stress that enough i can't my entire platform is built based on how arrogant i am as a person so i just wanted to make sure that that 100 carries comes across at the start you know
0: it's it's a wonderful juxtaposition that you have um being both hugely arrogant but equally so very kind and always paying forward like you use it's great that you use your immense power and privilege to um, lift up
1: us mere mortals. It's like Uncle Ben always used to say to me, right? Is with great power comes great responsibility, and I, I've I've always taken that to heart. You know, I've always been your friendly neighborhood Wilbo, but I've always had to remember. You know, as I was I was hugging my dying uncle in in my cradled arms. That I needed to, I needed to start making sure that I was doing the right thing for people, you know. And uh, that is by being kind. I mean, in all seriousness, like the, the arrogant thing is a joke. I am a bit cocky, but um, I I do like people a lot, and I I think it's fundamentally awful that people are just not kind to others, right? Because people aren't. Like, you see it. You see people accepting kindness as well, like on Twitter and on different platforms and stuff, and. They're like, oh thanks very much. And that's it. But like I'm like, no, you fucking idiot. You've got to tell everybody how good they are. You have gotta tell everybody how much you like them. You gotta tell everybody this. Because like nobody does that. And so people say to me, Oh Will, you're so great. You're so this, that, and the other. I'm like, I'm fucking not, man. Like I'm an asshole. Like a hundred percent. It's just that the world is a gross place. So you're so you're so damaged that you think that this is this is saintly behaviour, right? It's not.
0: So for the record there, you've you've just you've just gone on a, a bit of a rant about how we should be nice to people. And what you've said is that someone who's complimented you is damaged. That's your response by someone. Someone's someone's been kind to you. And rather than be kind back to them, you've said, no, you're so shit. You only recognize shit as good.
1: That's it. Like it's it's like so. Basically, if you like me, and you're one of the people that like me, you're you're like honestly, guys. You need to speak to a doctor. Yes, like, there's uh, there's something going wrong, and 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 there's no shame in that, guys. Because I've spoken to a doctor recently, and it makes everything better. Right, so no shame in that. But. It's just, you know, the point I'm making is that the world is a gross place, right? It's very unkind. There's lots of stuff that people are like, like, I'm going to be selfish and put myself first, like statements like charity begins at home, all of these things where it's about like protect yourself and protect your immediate family and then that's it and nothing else matters, right? The thing is, is like that old African proverb, it takes a village to raise a child, right? And so I have distinctly, I know I'm taking the piss and I'm just trying to make you smile in different ways. And if you're not smiling, I'm like, oh shit, this is bad content. But in all seriousness, that is something that I I love, cliches and old sayings and the things like that. And that is so true. Like it's not just about one person's ability to be able to say to somebody that you're really nice. I, oh, I really like you, well done on that piece of art, or oh, great podcast, Nate, and, and you know, great job at role-playing, guys. Like, it's more than just that. It shouldn't be the responsibility of one person to make people feel that emotion. It's something that all of us should be doing all the time because it makes us better. It makes us want to be better. It makes us want to perform better. And it's something that I, like, making it irrelevant to a and d perspective is something that I talk about all the time to my players, right? It's about, right, lifting each other up. Make each other feel good. Celebrate each other's successes. You know, make make fun in a good way, in a positive way, not an abusive way about other people's failures. Because fucking hell, guys, it's fun. It's a game. So we need to be making sure that we're having a good time.
0: Yeah, just leaving the TTRPG stuff to the side one second.
1: Yeah, yeah, of course. Fuck, fuck d d
0: <laughs> No, I was just going to talk about kindness in general. And, and I don't necessarily disagree with you because i think i think you're right it, it, it does you know we're all responsible for others as well as
1: you beautiful can i just say can i just say you're so i love you so much i, I haven't spoken to you properly in ages because i've been crazy and i'm so glad that you asked me to be on dm and dm because just just getting to look at you right now and just getting to chat uninterrupted i'm not even on twitter i can't be because when i'm on camera i have to look at myself like and sort of flip between myself and you um but it's good to be
0: here you keep derailing my conversations right first thing first I'm gonna I'm actually gonna ask you that question when you're when you're talking on um whether it's uh discord or any other video application zoom skype whatever do you tend to look at yourself or do you tend to look at the people that are you're talking to because I found I, I tend to look at myself. I'm a little I'm a little window down in the bottom right corner, and I might be talking to one person who's a huge, big person in front of me, and I'm just watching myself talk as I'm talking, like to make sure that my body language is right. And that's weird, because I, I can't do that in real life. If we had this conversation face-to-face, it's not like I'd have a mirror looking at me. You wouldn't be me. able to do it. Yeah, but for some reason, when I'm on, a, on, when I'm on this, I tend to, I'm doing it now. I'm looking at me talking to you it's rather insane. than looking at you
1: i tell you what I'm going to do, Nate, right? I am going to do something that I've never done before. Because, yeah, in answer to your question, I always just look at myself. And the only reason I do that, it's not, it's not even a body language thing, because I've got, you know, like, I get why, because you and I have both had meetings with, like, clients and things and i on, like, real-world jobs and stuff. And you have to be able to read people's body language so that you can make sure that you're matching it and so that you can make sure that you're bringing it to the level that you need to bring it to, right? Rather than just sitting here like that. Like, arms folded, arms crossed, shut off, whatever else. So this is an interview. That would be a really shit way to come into this interview. But I do it because I am absolutely petrified that I look like shit. I (laughs) I look like dog shit. And I'm like, do I look okay? Like, am I happy with the way I look? And then that's twofold, right? Either I'm not, and then I'm constantly trying to make myself look better, or I think I look gorgeous, and then I can't look away, right? So I'm going to do something absolutely unheard of for Wilbur. So no, I'm, be, that camera off. I'm <laughs> not going to switch it off. Don't worry. Don't panic. Don't, yeah, shh, calm down. This is a safe space. I'm going to hide my camera, so I'm going to focus you. And how does one do that? So right-click on the video. Yeah. And then focus, focus participant. And then there we go. Hide members. So I'm hidden there. And the box is way too small for me to be actually able to see what I look like. So that's fine.
0: Right, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do my utmost to, to, to talk to you now. Right.
1: Talk to me. Talk to me, Nate. Look, this is an interview, guys. Come on, be professional, please.
0: Bit of paper down covering it. There we go. I can't see myself I'm talk, I'm Right. The other thing I wanted to come back to was the, 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 the kindness thing. So I, wanted, I, just, I do want to talk about this a little bit, because aside from the, the, the D&D stuff that, you know, is what ultimately first connected us, you have certainly in the last few months have become a... Internet sensation a king well there there is that obviously but a, the king of kindness you know you are very much i think and i, and I don't say this I don't, I don't say this just to blow smoke up your ass or whatever i think there is a there is a there was a group of individuals on twitter twitch wherever it may be that see you as a figurehead of kindness you, you i don't know how it happened i don't know where when and, and where it happened but ultimately you are now this sort of this patriarch of being nice why how did that i mean well not why because you've said that but but is that something that you you've you've said there like why you want to do it but is that something you actively you you sat up one day and you went this is what i want to do or is it just that you know just you've with a bit of notoriety coming from say the podcast you've sort of you you just naturally gravitated to saying oh these people are good these people like is it something you actively wanted to do or is it sort of something that's grown organically
1: well Thank you for asking me that question because it's a really good one. Something I've actually been thinking about over the last few months, especially. Because it has it feels like it's come from nowhere. But in reality, it's been something that's sort of been coming for the last eight months, I guess. So I joined Twitter in July last year and uh it's now what March? So just start of March. So it's been eight, four months just coming into nine. And I set up the Twitter because I was like, right, we need to promote the podcast, right? So I'm on here because we like, like you say, we know each other from being DMs, and so I was, uh, what's the word? Uh, I DM Roll the Down Dice, which I hope you don't mind me plugging my own show,
0: right? No more, because I'm going to talk to you
1: specifically okay. about Roller
0: Down Dice, mate. I want no more words from you because that is why you have a D20, and we'll come okay, to. That all right, fair enough.
1: So, right, but okay. So I do do this podcast, right? So I came onto Twitter because I was like oh, shit, the same way that you've got your own personal account and you've got one for Dyson Design, right? And then you've got one for Food Review UK. (laughs) It's because you want people to follow the show and, like, obviously a lot of people follow a brand, but, like, a brand isn't always the thing that's going to interact with people and vice versa. And I think that early on you said to me even, you know, oh, like, the tone differs on your social media for the the show why is that and it's because like all of us would jump on and do different things and we've got one person now that manages it which is Tony so there's a level of consistency right and I was like oh like loads of people are following me because I'm the DM of this podcast yeah so loads of people want to follow me because they want to see what I can do they want to see what I'm capable of etc and i was bitterly disappointed when i realized just how little many of my followers actually listen to our fucking show um <laughs> i was like like somebody that i'm really good friends with and i'm not going to call them out because that'd be mean but someone i'm really good friends with uh was like last week said oh yeah i've just started listening to the podcast i'm really enjoying it and i'm like are you having a fucking laugh why are you following me right so and it's, I know that I'm going on a tangent, but this is actually going somewhere. And the point is is that I realised that what I was doing and what I was always doing on Facebook, on Facebook, fuck Facebook, on Twitter was and you're gonna think it's like call me for bullshit if you want to. Try and just credit me. I'm not not saying that you would, you never would, but uh, this is quite a ballsy statement. I have never been anything other than hundred percent myself on Twitter. Right? I've just always bullshit. bullshit. No, nah, I know it's kinda of like Fucking haters, all the haters. Um, so I've only ever been like 100% myself. And it's always been about like lifting up others, right? You've known like me and you have followed each other more or less since I first came onto Twitter. I haven't, I've gone through phases where I've been away or I've been quiet and I'm sure we'll talk about that in a moment. But there have also been huge points of it where like I've just been like retweeting people, doing self-promo posts, doing retweets, all of these sort of things because... I made the realization probably about six months ago that people are just not going to each other. Like, it's like people, like, the thing is, is that I always say this on my streams. I always say this to people when we're chatting. Everybody's like, why are you so nice? How are you so nice? Like, are you like, the other the king of kindness. You're saying that to do this. And I'm like, guys, guys, I'm really not. Like, I'm just a normal person. I'm just a normal guy. And, like the thing is, is that everything I do, we all have the ability to do, and we all have the power to do, right? And I know that it's something that's thrown around a lot, like, oh, if you can be anything in the world, be kind, and oh, you know, kindness is king, and 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 like all of those things are definitely true, and all, or I really believe in it. But I just, yes, I'm loud, right? I've got a loud voice, I've got a big, brash personality, and so for me, I guess. Like what I'm trying to achieve here, Nate, I I somebody coined this term recently. They said cult of personality. And I was like, yeah, okay, I get that. Me and my wife, Kirsty, we call me when I've got long scraggy hair, fat Manson, right? Because because I look like a fat Charles Manson. Uh but if you're gonna do a poll, right? Why not do one about kindness? Why not do one that's about lifting other people up? Why not do one that's about making other people feel better about themselves and also, um, you know, f- f- feeling joy, feeling love. And it's a beautiful thing that's come out of the podcast because we all like d and like, I've met all of these people through the TTRPG community and d And I noticed that there's loads of creators that are creating some absolutely sensational products and sensational things that are just doing at social media, right? And interacting with other people, but are really good people, really nice, really talented. And, like, I feel like it's duty for nubbins like me, who's just a loud mouth that's good at talking, to be somebody that highlights these people as well. So as well as being kind, it's a great way to be able to highlight and promote people that are within the community and to also just feel nice about it right and to like uh, that's the thing when you're kind to somebody else it's like a double double double-edged sword in a good way because you feel better because you've been kind to somebody else somebody else feels better because you've been kind to them and then it's like paying it forward you said that thing about me paying it forward and all the rest of it is that hopefully with enough muscle memory and enough um like positive reinforcement people will do this all the time because the last point I just want to make before I shut up and let you talk is, is literally the fact that um, we're taught by society, we're taught by media, we're taught by the entire world that we've got to be out for ourselves, right? We've got to make sure that we look after ourselves and our, our, our family first and foremost. And I'm not saying that we should put them last, right? I'm just saying, just look after everybody. Like, the amount of, like, effort that it takes to be kind or to be nice to somebody it isn't difficult it really isn't right we might think it is because we have been like indoctrinated to think a certain way to be annoyed at other people to like be like come on you need to be more efficient you need to be better right I've spent my entire life being told that I was lazy or that I was like, I didn't care or I, 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 you know, I didn't work hard enough on the things that I needed to really, really focus on. Nobody took the time to think if the way I was being taught was the right way for me or whether or not, um, you know, I had anything else going on that was affecting my ability to be able to do this. It was just like the expectation is that you need to be able to be efficient and if you're not, see you later. And like, you see, like people that are homeless, you see people that are losing their jobs, you see people that are struggling at work, you know, all of these people with kindness and with support and with love, And I'm not saying everybody deserves it, because some people are absolute assholes, but if they're not an asshole and they haven't proven themselves to be an asshole yet, just be fucking nice, plain and simple. And so, sorry for going on a bit of a rant, but it is, an, it's, it's, it's genuinely something that I'm very, very passionate about, man and and
0: so you should be i mean like you said if you're going to be passionate about something if you're going to have a cult about something why not about kindness it's it's ultimately it's it's much more rewarding than anything else and and i i, I think th- i think you're right and i mean I, i've obviously set you up here as as being the, the, the top of this this chain and whatever and that is that is you know somewhat tongue in cheek but equally it is true because you know you've got your twitch stream and you've got things that you know, you've got your kindness raids that other people don't necessarily have so you,
1: every Wednesday 9 p.m. gmt <laughs>
0: Um, but but what I was going to say is like I, I do feel as someone who's um, come into this 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 world quite cold um, TTRPG in general. You know, I started playing last March. We started using the Dyson Desire Twitter around July to September time. I can't remember when we, we September when we our show kicked off was when we started to really go ham and thong as as a community i think there's an element of that anyway i mean there's always going to be people that aren't clearly and i can think of one specific account on twitter that seems to get banned quite a lot because he's a arsehole from scotland but generally speaking um generally speaking the community does seem to embrace each other and does seem to want to lift others up whether that's passively whether that's as as, as strong as you do it i think generally this 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 it's quite it's quite unique really because In a weird way we're all competitors your podcast my podcast any of the other ones that we listen to in a weird way we're all we're all competing for that same thing and yet weirdly rather than us try and trash each other and try and diminish others light we all sort of respect that hey there's more stories than us you know we're not we're not directly doing the same thing you're not telling the same story i'm trying to tell um yes Yes, you're competing for someone else's ears and their time, but ultimately, doesn't make you any less valid. Doesn't, make, and I think as a community, it does really well. And so, me as an outsider coming into D and D and TTRPG with almost no experience in the world, um, it's it's actually remarkable. Like, I, I was so encouraged by the fact that it's such a welcoming and uplifting place. Yeah, it is,
1: right? It's like I mean, I think that there are things. So my thing's a lot, slightly different, right? I'm self-serving to an extent because I've got a Twitch channel, right? I, I, I actively tell people to pay me money and I'll be their friend, right? And uh, tongue in cheek, tongue in cheek. But like, I I am trying to monetize it because like it is entertaining. Right? I fucking put a lot of hours in and all the rest of it, right? I want to make make something entertaining for people. And like what you say, there is absolutely true. Have you watched Star Wars, Nate? I have, yeah, yeah. Have you watched Star Trek? No, but I've well, re- seen Star I'll re- I'll rephrase, Trek. I'll
0: rephrase. I'll rephrase that. I've watched some. I'm not a fan of it. As in, I don't watch it avidly, but I have seen a fair
1: amount of stuff. Star- you've seen it. Go to jail. You're not allowed to watch Star Trek if you've watched Star Wars. You can watch one. Right. So no one's going to say that to you, are they? Exactly. No one's ever going to say that. They're going to say, watch whatever stories you enjoy watching. Right. And yeah. yeah, you're right. There is an element where you're competing for each for, for years and stuff, but people fucking love stories. Mm-hmm. I don't give a shit. Right. I got I, right. Spoiler alert. And I might put that out myself because I want people to know this anyway. I find actual plays really boring. Right. Personally, to listen to, I find it so difficult because I've got ADHD and all I ever want to do when I'm listening to a podcast, an actual play podcast is play D and D right I want to be playing it I want to be at the table I want to be rolling the dice I want to be DMing or whatever I want to be in it because I love d d so much so I like I introduce you to I love your podcast I haven't listened to your entire episode log for example but I've played with you as well you know how much I've got admiration for not only your DM style but also just for you as a person and for your group of guys right because you're very similar in a way to what I think our podcast is which is a group of friends that are playing together having fun you know you're not trying to be like critical role right you're not trying to be anything other than authentically yourselves which is what i always champion and what i always say that people should do i love i introduce you to NAD pod, right not another DD podcast which i find very very funny for me i don't like the heavy law i don't like the heavy uh you know mechanics rules, written stuff i just like cool stories and i like when i'm running games and stuff i like to be made I like to be made as a, a DM when I DM in laugh. So players that like try awesome shit or appeal to my, uh, narcissistic natures and tendencies, I'm like, yeah, all right, we'll do that. Um, and as a player, I'm just completely respectful to whatever the tone is of the game. Right. But as a DM. I love to be able to laugh. So if something's funny, if something's like truly, truly funny and people can make me laugh. And you're a rare person that can make me laugh as well, Nate. Like not a lot of people can. I, I'm married, I'm sorry to say this, but I'm married the funniest person I know. She's also in the INFP. So, you know, if I if you would have been if you'd have been a bisexual or a homosexual, who knows? Maybe maybe I'd left my wife, but we're lucky for now that I'm I'm, you know, that you're straight. All right. But <laughs> The point I'm trying to make here is the fact that um, people are always going to be able to listen to as many different podcasts as we want. Like, the thing is, is that we're all putting this content out for free. And like my thing, and this is what I always say, you mentioned kindness raids, right? The, The thing about the kindness raids is i'm never saying to everybody right you need to go and listen to this podcast i sometimes i do but i'm like look just go and fucking retweet it just go and like it because the thing is is you don't have to even actively support a show or support a product to be able to actually support it right is that that's 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 my thing i i guess it's almost like a, a grumpy you know 30 something person just being like i just just retweet it Right. Because the thing is, is that like I do these self-promo posts. One of the things that really irritates me, and I I guess I think you've given me shit for this. I think it was only jokingly um, when I'm like, retweet each other, right? You've got to retweet each other, because if you retweet each other, everybody's going to be successful. Everybody's going to see that stuff, blah, blah, blah. And they don't do it. And I retweet everybody, and it's so disheartening for me when I'm sitting there spending, you know, three or four hours on a Saturday to make sure that I'm looking at everybody's content, right? To look at what I'm looking at. And I don't I don't make an effort to quote about everything. I'll retweet everything, but some of the stuff I'm like, oh, this is really fucking cool. You should yeah. check this out. This is what this is. Um, and I find a lot of stuff like that. But the point is just that you don't actually have to be massively invested in something to be able to shout out about it. Yeah. It's like, you don't get to decide whether... You get to decide whether or not you want to listen to something or to watch something or to enjoy something, but you don't get to decide whether or not anybody else should get to do that or not do that. Somebody might love Dyson Desire. If, if, if Somebody. If John hates... Someone if, no, no, you've You've got thousands of listeners, fuck off. If John didn't like Dyson Desire, right doesn't mean that John shouldn't tell Sarah about Dyson Desire, you know? Sarah might love Dyson Desire. So the point is, is that like, just because you're not a massive fan of something, if you're seeing somebody that's a creator, that's putting out content for free, that's putting out stuff to make people feel happy, to make people feel a little bit better in this shit storm of a couple of years that we've been sort of having over, over, over the last decade uh also known as the the terrible 20s um you know we've had this we've had this time so fucking let's let's truly spend some time lifting up the people that are making a significant difference to people's lives do you get me because like it's so easy to do oh,
0: i I, I, to- I totally agree with that and and i'm bored with i mean i'm on board with that and I, and i try to do that i certainly don't do it to the same extent that you do um but I, 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 no
1: you do loads you do loads of it man but, but I, you're I like... to,
0: yeah i don't i don't necessarily do it as religiously as you were um i don't necessarily do it to the same enthusiasm that you do but equally equally you know i'm trying my best and when i see stuff whether it's just random it doesn't have to be a self-promo saturday it's just i'm flicking through and i might see someone's done a great i think it's moonlight moonlight maps Whenever they pop up on my feed, I'm like, I just love their little maps. They're just cute little little dungeons. They're not even something anything huge. They're just maybe one room, and I'm just like, that's adorable. And I just want to, and I want to share it, you know, because I want other people to like their stuff. I might not necessarily buy their stuff, but that doesn't mean, you know, none of our followers won't. Um, so why not share it? Someone else. I mean, and that, and that's the thing is, it, it's not just about your like you just said there. It's not just about your eyes. It's putting it's putting it putting it in front of other people because who knows what they're into now of course I'm not necessarily going to share something that I see and I'm like that's not really not my thing and I don't think it's right or what you know I'm not going to just share for the sharing I'm not going to share for the shared sake but at the same time I try and do everything that I possibly can to try and uplift and pay back because I, I understand that it's with the support of people like yourself and with a couple of other guests that I've got lined up for this show we wouldn't be where we are you know, we, we would just be, you know, shouting into the void and people wouldn't necessarily know who are because, you know, it's one thing to be good at social media, but you do still need a bit of support because if no one, if no one finds you in the first place, no one's going to follow you. And therefore, you know, it, it, you're just you're just nothing. I sometimes see you said there about about people who are good at their podcasts or good at playing or whatever, and, and they're just shit at social media. You know, I see sometimes it'll be like, I'll, I'll find a podcast that starts following us and it'll be like, they joined Twitter five years ago and they've got 50 followers. And I'm sort of like, you know, whilst that means nothing in 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 the context of your podcast, I sort of think, but that's only 50 people that have on social media that have engaged enough to go, okay, maybe this is a podcast that I like. I want to follow them to see what they say online. And it's just sort of like, you think, I wonder what their listens are like. Are they list- They've got just huge listens, but no social media. Or does it just mean that they've not actually got that much listens either, and it's just sort of like social media is not the be all and end all, as you as you'll probably know. Um, the, the, like you said, the amount of followers you've got on Twitter probably doesn't translate to the amount of Twitch and,
1: and... listens or whatever on Twitch or on 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 the podcast for our own. I mean, I looking looking now, for example, I'm on uh, my Twitter page. I've got sixteen sixteen hundred and fifty nine followers. on oh, well. Twitter. I know, I know, guys, if, you, if you're not following me already, you're missing it. And, uh, there's, I follow 652 people. Now, I am one of these people that are open and honest that say that I follow people that I enjoy the content of, that fill my timeline with stuff that are regularly posting and engage with me. I'm not like secretive about the fact, if you comment on my stuff, if you talk to me, if we engage, if we become friends, then I'm gonna follow you. I'm not just gonna follow somebody just because those guys have followed me, right? and it's something that i've struggled with because as somebody that suffers from rejection dysmorphia i find it very very like difficult right so i don't like following pages that don't follow me back for example like uh, so at the same time how can i expect somebody to want to do the same thing for me so i i approach social media Almost like I don't care about it. I'm just going to be myself. And if you want to choose to follow me, then great. If you choose to unfollow me, then fair enough as well. I can't do anything about that, but I can keep putting out content in the hope that it's something that entertains people. But I've also made peace with the fact that you can't please all the people all the time. You can only please some of the people some of the time, Mm -hmm. right? So I don't mind as much that that's the case and that's the way I look at it. But on Twitch, I've got like 240 followers. I've only been going for like a month, but you know, that's i've got 17 nearly 1700 followers so it's like percentage wise is is it's not not huge and you know i could talk about our podcast for example our first episode our, like no i I'm, I'm not going to go on to it just yet this is just just a, i know it's a good segue but the first episode of the podcast has got like 200 listeners or 200 300 listeners or 300 downloads mm-hmm. but we've got like 1700 followers on the podcast so and then the only other example that I was going to give is I think they're a sensational creator and they're somebody that taught me how to play D&D, uh, if not directly, but through their content, is Bill Allen, right? So Bill Allen has got 2,000 followers on Twitter, or they're all thereabouts. On On YouTube, yeah, he's got 29,000 subscribers, right? So you can't always be siloed based on one social media. Yeah. You you need to and like Twitter, like for the most part, is a very tech heavy social media platform, right? You know, it's uh, no, Koshka, you do not play with lip balm, thank you very much. Naughty kitty, come on, off the desk, thank you. So sorry about that unprofessionalism from my cat there, Nate. Um, uh, but like the the, the thing is, going back to what I said about being siloed and being uh, from a social media perspective to. Approach other platforms, like, because Twitter is, like I say, very text-based, just know that it doesn't matter. Like if you're putting, like, I've, I've had this chat recently, and you can use this as a segue, Nate, I've had a chat recently with our podcast, right? With all of our guys. And I've said, like, first and foremost, it needs to be about fun. I don't care if it takes us 10 years to get to a point where every single one of our episodes has had a thousand listens. Okay. That is what we need to be working towards. We need to be working on doing this because we enjoy it, because it's fun. And because we're having a good time doing it. The fact that it's a podcast, the fact that it's something that we put out for entertainment purposes is almost secondary to the fact that we're playing a game together because that A is the entertainment product and B because fucking hell, what's the point of doing something if it's not entertaining and it's not fun. So like the point that i've always tried to reiterate to my guys and i think that well through conversations we've done i know that you've had similar chats with yours it's about doing this together it's about teamwork and like the last thing i just want to say like on being kind and being you know supporting and lifting up other people in the community please say that i always use nathaniel that is your full name i'm assuming yes nathaniel and get close let's get closer let me pull the light oh closer.
0: i've seen this i've seen this on your on your twitch i've seen the whole oh, oh, you get oh, in the live situation oh, now man. careful don't don't bang your head on the on the on the microphone right are you watching hey can you hear me yeah yeah right listen together everyone achieves more team, team. t he's he's done there. see what he's done there He's taken four words, and if you take the initials of each of those words, it's T E A M, and that spells team. And what he's trying to do there is say that together as
1: a team, we get further.
0: Um, I don't know if it it might have been quite subtle.
1: Put that on a mug. Put that on a mug. Other side of it, my face. Other side of it, that quote. Okay. I will. Coin it. I'll coin that phrase.
0: I'll do that, and I'll sell that, and I'll make lots of money off it. I only want 5%. only want 5% for it, mate. It came on my podcast. I don't, I don't think that unless you've got any legal claim over it. So there you go. Um, I'll, I'll find that out, though, before I do it, just to make sure. I'll
1: come to my lawyers after the show.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. Let's, let's segue, right? And you are right. You are right, just to, to very briefly touch on it. It is about having fun, first and foremost, because none of us want to be sat there You obviously—I don't know how often you guys play. Do you actually physically play once once a week? Once a week, we play every every fortnight. No one wants to sit there every week, month, fortnight, however long it is, and and not enjoy themselves and have to be fully restricted. And we did, you know, actually in, in in a in a podcast episode that's coming out tomorrow as we record, but a couple of weeks ago as this comes out, we did have to have a bit of a sit down and have a talk and sort of like just be a bit like okay, maybe we collectively are not all going in the same direction and maybe we need to think about, in the game, have to think about how we approach this, but not wanting to clip anyone's wings, not wanting anyone to feel like they have to toe the line, more just a case of, let's just think about what it is that we are producing because ultimately you are going to be releasing it or we are releasing it as a podcast. You still want people to enjoy it, but let's try and find a balance where we're enjoying ourselves and hopefully others do too. And we just felt yeah. a couple of us felt that maybe a, a specific point in the game, it was just going a bit chaotic and a bit sort of like it wasn't all. Who's problem. trying to
1: be funniest? at Sometimes, like maybe.
0: Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it was. It was just. It was just a feeling that maybe we weren't working together and and it just wasn't gelling and and, and maybe we just didn't need to have a bit of a talk. We did off the scene and on the scene. And I think since then it's been it's been absolutely stellar. Obviously, all those episodes are still to come out, so people haven't heard them. But I think I think. We we all collectively now, I believe, certainly we've said it that um, we feel that we're operating better, better now as a team, and 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 I can see that, and I feel that, and and so that's good. But those things are always going to happen. There's all you know when you when you're working with an ensemble, there's always going to be differences, opinion, differences of, of of attitudes and and things like that. And so those I, I don't doubt that we'll face something similar again in the future. Let's talk about you again. And your podcast. Great great topic. Right. Roll the damn dice. Mm. I'm going to ask you to roll a damn dice. I want you to roll. You're sweating. Uh, You are. I'm sweating. And if I can see it. Um, Listen. Can you roll me your D, your big old D. Get your big
1: old D out. Look at my D. Look how big. I've got my D gripped in my girthy hands. Yeah. And you can't even. My girthy D in my hands. You're struggling to get your whole hand around it. It's mental. I am. It's the splint I'm wearing. It's getting in the way. Right. Right. So yeah, chunky. Shout out to Crack and Dice, who don't officially sponsor me, but they do follow me on Twitter. Uh, lovely little company in California, California, IA. Uh,
0: get your dice, kids. Yeah, we, we we're not sponsored on this show, and I I, I will bleep that out because I don't want anything. Else there are other there are other good dice That's makers fair. there are other good dice
1: there's loads of hey, so many good dice makers out there just crack and dice are just one of them yeah exactly um right K-R-A-K-E-N-D-I-C-U. are you sure are you sure you're not paid by them cuz it sells very much not yet not yet not yet not yet the more but you mention
0: them though the keep, more the more, the
1: more dice- I mention them on shows like you can bleep it out as many times as you want crack and dice but if i keep mentioning crack and dice in every single crack and dice thing that i say then you crack and dice going to have to Crack and dice keep it in crack and dice crack and dice crack and dice, crack and dice what I don't
0: know if you I, I don't know if you've ever listened do you ever listen to the um, Harmontown podcast
1: uh no but I want to because I really want to hear their
0: D&D game right okay so and that's and that's and that is where I got into D&D actually I'm not going to go into that um now
1: because I love Dan Harmon just just uh, well love is a strong word but I love the work that he creates
0: yeah and that's what I. that's why I started listening to it I originally started listening to Dan Harmon because I like Community and Rick and Morty and things like that.
1: Did, did you did you see the D and D episode of Community? Was that your sort of like first? Because um, that was that that was the thing when they introduced Fat Neil. Yeah, and they play this game because I, I like. You know as a bigger lad myself as a, certainly as a very chubby teenager like fat neil <laughs> was a character that i really fucking, uh related to and like i was like Shit, watching the play d d was amazing and then when we heard about harmon quest through harmontown podcast um I was like, "Oh shit, that'd be amazing," but I haven't been able to find it. So if you can send me a link well, or something for,
0: for what the for Harmon Quest or Harmon Town, because Harmon Town's the the audio po- podcast. Harman Quest is something completely different. Harman Quest. Harmon Quest. Yeah, they don't. Re- they haven't got it in this country, so you have to. You'll probably have to sail the seven seas, I'm afraid, if you want to. If you want to find that.
1: Oh fuck! God. Okay, that's really
0: shit. It's, they 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 released it on. A- fuck you, Dan Harman. Yeah, exactly. They they released it on some like streaming thing in America, and it's never made its way over here, um, officially. Officially, it, it is good. the fir- The first the first season of Harmon Quest was very good. Second, I sort of fell off, and I don't think I've watched the third one. But but they also play into D and D on his general talk podcast. So he used to have a a weekly show where he just got on, up in front of a few people in a comic book store, and he used to talk bollocks about whatever was going on in his life or the, the world. And then at the end of it they started playing D and D at the end of it, uh like for a half an hour each episode, which in itself is an amazing story. If you can find the documentary about Harmontown, that's worth watching because it, goes into I'm,
1: I'm talking about- so basically they got a deep like so for for the listeners that are looking at it as well they got a guest from the actual harmontown podcast just randomly to come up and dm for the for the host, right yeah and then that person has just consistently been the dm for that game that they play as part of harmontown yeah. which in theory is so fucking chaotic and i love it and that's literally why i love D is because it's literally it's making things up as it happens and if you've got Oh, but I know you like you guys run a pre-written module. Oh, look, oh shut up. You do the segue because like this is stuff that I should just be talking about within <laughs> I forget we've got an agenda, Nate, you fucking accountant. Like put, put the agenda forward. Listen, listen, my
0: agenda is as, as loose as as
1: loose women on itv um now nah, you say that but we all know that you support the far right agenda right it's <laughs> it's uh <laughs> I joking. please nobody think that uh, that name. nate is it nate is not a fascist guys if you're listening he is not a fascist <laughs> that
0: can a, confirm that took a very heavy turn in my own
1: podcast it, look, i was just trying to throw you off guard mate that was literally it, all it was
0: it did. anyway just, listen right so what I was going to say is you I got to go about three steps to get back to the point I was going to fucking make. But you talking about crack and Dice, they did a thing on the podcast where they they used, and Dice. Yeah. They used to advertise the competitor for free to try and get the company they wanted to ad, to 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 um sponsor them, to pay them. So for example, they wanted to be sponsored by Nike, so they kept going on about how good adidas was for free hoping that nike would come along and say we don't want you to talk about adidas we're going to pay you to talk about nike and it was great i don't think it ever happened
1: i am i'm stealing that nate i am because the thing is right is that i'm pretty good at promoting and so like if i promote like i don't know i'm gonna do that if anybody's listening to this show right and they're like why is will promoting me it's because i want someone better than you to support me. (laughs) <laughs> it's not it's not really i'm lying i'm joking right uh, carry on carry on that's funny i like that roll
0: the damn dice is an actual play um podcast i'm, I'm, gonna, take, I'm gonna take that that 820 away from you right you're a very charism- charismatic guy i would say that if you were in the game of D and D, if you were a pc you'd probably have let's say a plus you'd have a plus four um charisma modest that's then Cheers. No, come on. That's
1: What's what, what, what am I missing
0: then? So what so like what what are we talking Are we saying 18 or 19? Listen, this is your first interview. You're level
1: 1 at the moment. So eighteen. Okay, you're eighteen. Eighteen. 18. You got room. which is still higher than you can get on standard rules, to be fair, because you can only usually get seventeen. So I feel, I do feel that that is a good start for level Listen, one. Listen,
0: I was trying to compliment you, and what you've made me feel is awful that I didn't give you a plus ten. So right, you're you're you're, you're a plus four. Some people have done that, you see. Exactly.
1: That's all, like I did not comparing apples to oranges. Yeah, but. of course. Right, roll roll your d twenty. <laughs> Three. Three. So uh, seven with a four
0: mod. Yeah. You've got to describe roll the damn dice in seven words or less, and, and I will say that I've 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 already taken away actual play podcast. So that's free. I've given you that for free. No one can take that away from you. Seven words. Seven words. Yeah.
1: Swashbuckling adventure. Saturday morning cartoons for adults. There you go. I, I think that works. I've, I've listened. I
0: I've, I don't know if this. I don't know if you know this. I've listened to the show, and have I have no. Yeah. What did you think? Um. Let's Let's not. I don't want to do reviews. Um. No. It's very. It, yeah. It, no, yeah. Don't want to make it awkward. Don't want to make it all. It's very good. In, and in fact, you're probably you're probably the show I've listened to most. If I'm If I'm brutally honest and without you know wanting to say anything, I've probably listened more.
1: Make me feel like an asshole. Go on, make me feel like an asshole because I don't sit there every single waking moment of the day listening to Dyson Desire now. Like, you like I, look, I th- I'm gonna
0: listen. You've already said to me you don't listen and you find them boring, so I don't need. I don't need to make you feel like an asshole. You've already done it for yourself, Wilbo. That's
1: true, actually. Like, I'm going to be vilified now by the TTRPG network. TTRPG solidarity are going to block me. That's going to be what happens. Hope Hope for TTRPGs is going to lead a a, a smear campaign (laughs) against Wilbo. That's that's going to be what happens next. Because like, to be fair, that would be on brand for Hope because she's probably the meanest, uh, most aggressive member of the community. Mm -hmm. So yeah, uh,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah, You've got kindness raids. I'm going to get Dyson Desire raids to come and attack you personally. Not even your podcast. Just you.
1: My home in Chattenham, yeah. yeah just come right. and like literally kill me and my wife. Thanks, mate. Wow, well, cool. I'm not literally going to kill you. That's a bit far. Come on. I'm oh, not Kirsty. Cool, not Kirsty. No. Kirsty's fine. That's all right. No. She got a bit upset. She sat there next to me. So, like, can you just confirm you're not going to kill Kirsty? I. Well, she did. She did ignore me at the start of this whole thing. So I'm not. You did ignore him at the start of the thing. The conversation. She did say that. Like, she's confirmed that now it's acceptable because she was rude. So I, it's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, Lose the cat, though. You cannot fucking kill my cat. You've got to look after it. You've got to take. You've got to take the cat in, and you've then got to look after the cat. Good luck. Good
0: luck. I think we're going a step too far. Like I'm, 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 I'm. I am i am i am
1: i do not know if I have I have I, like. This is the thing, right, Nate? You should have known before inviting me on. If you try and do a bit with me, I'm such a fucking bulldozer. It's gonna happen. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make you a deal. I won't kill you if it means I don't have to take the cat.
0: Okay, all right, That's fair. All right, we'll keep, the cat, then. We'll you, keep you, the cat. You can stay alive and keep the cat because I don't want cats.
1: Um, I don't want to fight Stuart. He's a he's a he's a fucking he's like he's a
0: tough Normaner. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad that you didn't say that I was a tough southerner. Thank you. Thank you again. No, you no. Know, you're
1: you're the mastermind. You're you're Varys, right? You're 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 the whisperer. You're the spider. You're the one that's pulling all the strings from behind the scenes. Bald. You're the DM. Bold reference, but okay. Um, right. Well, I I'm Varys as well. I'm Varus, but in a. I'm kinder. You're your Littlefinger. I'm fucking. I am Littlefinger. <laughs> no, that makes me. I do not want to fuck a fucking young child, Nate. Do not fucking. You, like, literally, every single time that we talk to each other, you try and put this on me, right? So, for listeners, I played a game with Nate, and uh, he played a very, very alluring uh, Alf, Alf and Ranger and I was playing a human fighter called Simon Sesmis, and uh, uh, Nate's character was called Navara, right? And there was a moment where uh, I reached for something and Nate then described that his character gently brushed my hand and lingered for a moment, right? So at that point onwards, I was like, sure, this is gonna be really cool, let's play on that. And at the end, I was like, oh yeah, um, you know, Simon's gonna try it on with Navara. And so Nate turns around and says, that's gross, mate. She's 16 and i was like let's oh, fucking like start with that right don't fucking ask like
0: me bastard." Um, i'm just saying maybe you should ask first before you know don't don't just assume.
1: that's fair that is fair that is fair that is fair. Only include this in the end product, please, Nate, if it's actually good. All right. If this just if this is just a creepy conversation, it gets cut. It's fine. It's fine. I don't think it's creepy at all. It's a
0: it's a how are you supposed to know that some 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 imaginary creature that I've not described
1: as 16 is supposed to be 16. You, you didn't know that. Right. And no, you knew it as well. And you still, you just said it to be funny and it was fucking hilarious. But I I just wanted to share that anecdote because it shares, it shares the reality of what our friendship is like and the fact that we are real people authenticity come on i'm trying to help you market this
0: podcast come on nate it's authenticity listen i think it's i think it's very clear that this is authentic and that this isn't two people scripted just going through the motions don't worry about that sunshine right i, I
1: promised this off i'm sorry nate can you say that line again because it didn't, it <laughs> didn't <try to> <coughs> hang on a minute hang on
0: um i bet you like that right um loved it yeah it's the tongue. yeah i thought, I thought as much um i promised this what are you drinking, Wilbur? A bowl of water, mate. What are you drinking? I'm drinking orange and pineapple squash. What a beautiful blend. <laughs>
1: He's just spilled it all down himself. He's just trying to take a glug. If you're listening at home, he's just ended up, he's got he's got this beautiful green T-shirt on with loads of icons, D20s and different dices, or die, I should say. And they are the relevant ones. You know, the ones like D12 for a barbarian, D8 for a bard, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, really cool,
0: really cool. Where'd you get the shirt, Nate? Um, my wife bought it for me for Christmas. Uh, I don't know where she got it from, but I've seen it out, around like uh, QWERTY and places like that. There are other T-shirt shops available um mm. but yeah uh, shout out to print inkling exactly printing of course oh, i love this I, I think i came across their stuff on your last uh
1: kindness raid. Mm-hmm. lovely stuff so, so real i i only think so this is like uh, going back i'm going on to a segue again but um we, we were talking about uh what this is supposed to be about DM. It's supposed to be about
0: DMing. We spent an hour nearly not talk, even talking about TTRPG particularly. So go on. It's
1: fine, because like, I, you can cut this down to an hour. This is why I asked how long you had to give. If you need to go, we can just focus purely on the script. On, on the script. Uh, Print Inkling. I met. Um, I met them through uh another friend that i met in the ttrpg community so i play on a game in a game on fridays a cyberpunk game and uh, elliot and debbie who were the team that run uh print inkling were on that right so that was just how i met them it's just through people that i've met in this community and you see their hand printing in process and you see the way that they're designing t-shirts and stuff and it's just so fucking cool right it's just such a really cool way of doing it and like talented artists talented designers and like, fuck, those are the people that I get excited about. And then I'm like, I'm interacting with them, right? I'm talking to you. Like, I always like, oh, like all these podcasts and stuff. And oh, we're friends. Like, it's just, it's just talking to real people. And I think that that's sometimes what people forget. And um, anyway, sorry. Roll the dice. No,
0: roll the dice. Um, Obviously a tremendous show. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a little bit more than the seven words. That's just a, that's just a nice little gimmick to lead us in. But you know, what? why should, why why should people listen to you?
1: I think that the reason people should listen to us is because uh, we're putting out the content first and foremost. I think that if somebody's putting the effort into creating something, you should give it a try. Even if it's just one episode, uh, to see if it's the sort of thing that you'd be interested in. I think that if you come across something that's cool, that somebody's put a lot of effort into, you should should give it a good old college try. Uh, specifically why you should listen to our show is because it's fucking amazing. It's funny, it's adventurous, it's high action, um, it's performed or it's played by a group of performers. We've all known each other through theater before we came together to play d d And we approach the game in a way that I think a lot of people avoid playing the game. So, you know, they'll, have to write okay we're doing this because we're putting out a specific entertainment product or we're putting this out because we're putting out a show we need to be like critical role it has to like have all the stems of the parts of what critical role has and ours just doesn't like i've given the characters iphones you know like i i have given the characters apps called Gobbler to be able to find other other fucking, like, bows in NPCs that they can have promiscuous relations with, right? There are things that I'm putting in in game because I have Flights of fancy and because my players are going to enjoy it. And I think that when you're listening, especially to a homebrew campaign, and I'm not saying that homebrew is any better than pre-written module, I'm just saying it's a different source. With homebrew, especially... One of my favorite sayings, and this was a catchphrase that I coined in a recent episode, you don't know what to expect. So if you don't know what to expect, you literally like you're not listening to, say, for example, uh, Descent into Avernus, an actual play podcast of Descent into Avernus, where it's like if you've played that module, you're listening for example to see how somebody else interacts with what's going on and how other people will uh, interact with stuff or, or because you want to hear how a module's played or because you want to just hear a story being told that that has been written say by uh, wizards of the coast and you want to see how that's performed fine with homebrew I think you're listening very sp- and I and I know that you can like for example you put elements of homebrew into uh, storm it's, it's storm king thunder right or, or fun yeah 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 um, and so with that you're 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 putting in your homebrew content that fits in around that or using the elements of the module that fits your content too so you can do it with both as well but with homebrew I think that you just it's just that. Like you literally, you're listening to a world that is being created and formed for the first time. And I think we talked about this at the start of the podcast. Stories are amazing and you can never have enough of them. And you might listen to our story and you might think it's a load of shit, but I think we're really funny. I think we're really entertaining people. And I think that we are all charismatic. I mean, as a DM, it's a fucking nightmare to DM my my group because we're all my personality. So everybody wants to be the star. Everybody wants to be the center of attention. But we also are all really good friends. So we want to see each other be good. We want to celebrate each other being awesome. And it's just that I have to take into account like as a DM that I need to hit all of those markers each session for all of those players to make sure that they stay engaged, to make sure that they're still having a good time and that they're still interested. And like, I think you should listen to it because like, it's, it's a funny show mate. Like it's just, it's, it's good entertainment. Like I know, I know, I like I said, I'm, I am a narcissist, but I listen back to our show. And I find it really funny. I, 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 and I know that it is because like I'm involved, and because a lot of the people in the group are there. But I think if you can sit back and look at something, and listen to it, and say that you've really enjoyed it, and you're proud of it. I think that that's a pretty good endorsement, right? Because most people hate stuff that they create, and they're like ashamed to admit that it was theirs or that they, you know, oh, it's not that good. I do it all the time. I'm like, oh no, I'm rubbish. I'm shit. I'm not this. I'm not that. um And and it's because I do not believe that. But at the same time, you know, you've got a like if something is good, fucking give it the credit it's due, right? um so that's why i i know that that was a really long drawn out point but people should they people fucking should listen to a fucking show more more, more than the seven words
0: i originally uh originally gave you that that one but, that's
1: but, not... but the seven but the seven words though you have to say you were impressed with those oh, seven words very good very good, very good. I'm,
0: I'm i'm just saying like it's more now I, I i i think on your group i think that's one of your usps if i'm honest like i've listened to a fair few shows and this is this is not a slight against any show or this is not saying that other shows don't necessarily do it but i think one of the, one of the things that whenever i've listened to you guys and i think i may have even said this to you once that one of the things i, I whenever i listen to you that i'm impressed with is that your your group seems to now you said there about you know you're you're all you know want to be the star of the show and whilst they're you know, there might be times where you can maybe see that, not in a negative way, but you can see somebody wants to be a bit more, you know, performing, should we say. I think as a group, there is this element of certainly the characters caring about each other. Like it, it does feel like you've got a group that that aren't trying to knock anyone down or anything like that. Like, like, look let's take some, let's take a character that you've got at the moment, Lord torandar is obviously quite an abrasive character, but equally but equally, I don't doubt that, especially now that he's obviously been in the game for a little while. I don't doubt that that character has love and respect for the other people, the other the ca- other characters. And I just feel like there's there's always that element in your group that that if someone died, it would be a huge, huge blow to, mm-hmm. to to both the players at the table, but equally their um their actual in-game characters. And I think that's one of one of the things I think you you guys absolutely nail, and just the the commitment to the characters. I think I think it's fantastic, and that's one of the things that that, that keeps me coming back, um, listening week after week. So,
1: thank you, Matt. I mean, I, I I think that that's a huge, huge compliment, and I'm really glad that that translates across and comes over over the actual episode. So, thank you for that because that's like, really, really humbling. Um, the other aspect of it is that, like, most recently, it came up on Sunday, right? Well, I was running a session for the game on Sunday, and this will already have come out by the time that this episode is released as well, where Lord Tori, basically Frayne couldn't play. Joy Amy, who was playing Frayne, couldn't play, right? And um, so I still ran the session, but I uh, ran it so that canonically, Frayne was out of the situation, right? So Frayne, basically, the party woke up and Frayne, being an elf, didn't wake up from her trance, right? So, and like, you know, like elves meditate, so they, like, are fully aware of everything that's around them when they're meditating and all the rest of it. Um, All of that absolutely fine. But the problem was that she was asleep, right? So I made it quite clear to the players that there was nothing malicious. I made it quite clear that it looked like there was um, a magical uh, reason for why she was feeling like this. And also, uh, it wasn't, it was like a family thing, right? So, and the thing, right, and I'm going to say this, like the players knew that Joy Amy wasn't able to play. Right, like they knew this going in, right? And so, I also, uh, Fungal who's an NPC character uh, of the story, now a sentient barbarian, um, <laughs> stayed to defend frame, uh, agreed to stay and look after frame while the, the character, the rest of the party went on this pursued chase, right? And Paul who is one of my best friends and paul is also like you talk about how close the characters are and they are like that as players like paul and joy amy are engaged they're fiancés right stephen's my best friend you know uh moore and paul best friends right we're all like a uh, me like i uh, leave luke out because luke's just like so fucking quiet luke i only met through d d last year just uh, 2019 and like he's one of like my favorite people in the world, right? I love him, I love him dearly. And like, that, we do care about each other, genuinely. But Paul, you know, Lord T- like it, I think when whenever any of us play a character, our personality traits tend to come through into those characters. And Paul said to me as a group, he said, well, if you're asking me what Lord Torian would do in this situation, I think that he would probably stay with Frayne, if I'm being honest, but I appreciate that that isn't conducive to playing a game of D&T. And I was like, right, you've said that, but you live with the other player who plays that character, knowing full well that she can't be here. So fucking find a way for your character to be happy with this situation. I've given you a literal devil to chase through the streets, which as a paladin you 100% would need to do. So fucking do that, right? Don't be like, well, he would stay with Frame Because, like... and, 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 And that is just to demonstrate how much now that these characters care about each other, because they're at a point where they would, like... And and this I think is just the way that people. I don't know if you get the same feeling we all players Nate, but like I feel like people inherently when they're talking to DMs and when they're playing the game, they think that you're out to get them. And like I I literally I I mean to an extent I guess we are, but like I literally just smother them with kindness. I'm exactly the same as a DM as I am as a person. I'm like oh do you want a magic item? Do you want a plus two trident? Do you want a suit of armor that's uh, like plate mail, but also uh, gives you twenty AC and makes you resistant to radiant damage? Like, I, I will literally, I give these guys everything, and then they're like, uh, I "Check the door for traps." I'm like, literally, guys, it's the door to your bedroom. Like, what? Come on! And so, um, it is. It's a tough thing to balance, but like the players do, that the players care about each other as much as the characters do
0: on that as a dm because like i say this that's what this show is realistically is supposed to be around or certainly certainly that's the the, the hook of this show is, is it's about the dm experience and that's what ultimately the, the guests you know i don't know if i really went into it last week uh, last episode but but realistically this this show is is going to be dms i want to speak to dms about them you know a dm is i wouldn't necessarily say the dm is is the star of the show because uh, that's that's entirely unfair to anyone that plays but dm is is a constant in a game you know you are you have got to do everything you've got to do everything at the table so to speak or you've got at least set it up um and so you you can't have that much downtime because whatever one of your players wants to do you unfortunately you're the nexus that has to relay what happens next so you you are a constant so i wanted to highlight dms and, and, and what it's like because it's a very unique experience at the table compared to any other player so it mm-hmm. was a dm just talking about that how do you find how do you find the dm experience as, as a whole is it is it something i think we've i think i'm fairly confident that you're you're quite happy as a dm you quite enjoy the role is that always been the case or is that something that you you learned over time? By the way, by the way, Will nodded for the audio podcast for the record.
1: I was going to confirm. I was just, I was, I was like verbally, like a nonverbal nod, just to sort of make sure you knew I was fucking listening. But thanks for calling me out as an unprofessional, you <laughs> wanker. Um, yeah, uh, so nod, 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 nod. Next question? No, no. Oh, uh, awesome. So you asked me, like I was too busy being a dickhead then that I forgot what the question was. Have you so, always, have you always have you in always enjoyed the role, of DM or is it something
0: that you struggled with at first and, and then you know took to it after yeah you know, a bit of practice or you know how how have you found it historically?
1: Well, apologies if I'm tying in a future question,
0: right? But I've not got any real future questions. I, I literally this is just a general chat about DMing, sir. So, so
1: okay, so we. Um, I started listening to D&D podcasts like five years ago, right? Um, I got a field role in like 2014, just at the start of. And so I was like doing a lot of miles, doing like 30,000 miles a year for work, right? Uh, Travelling. And so I had a lot of travel time to just like listen to stuff in the car and all the rest of it. And I discovered community around about the same time. And I saw this episode with Fat Neil uh, and the D D episode that they did for the podcast uh for, for community. And I was like, fuck. I always thought D D was like, you know, <laughs> oh I got a wizard. Throw my uh, my daily uh, bolt at him, yeah, that is part of it. And I'm probably one of those nerds myself, if I'm being honest. Um, but that is um, fundamentally like what we did, right? We were we like that is what my perceptions of what D and D were. I saw an advert like in in the early noughties, or like sort of like even maybe even earlier than that, where somebody was in a supermarket and they were like, "Oh, I'm a level twenty-five wizard." And, and it's like, oh, you know, I don't know if that is for me. I think I'd rather just play video games, right? And then I started like thinking, oh god, yeah, DD, like it can be whatever you want it to be. So I I um I can remember starting to look for the Cavern of Draconis and just like looking, uh, which I think is the adventure that they ran in community. Um for the record, how you just said there about, oh I'm in level 25.
0: Like I look for the Cavern of Draconis. I mean, in just those words alone, in them in themselves, sound quite nerdy, don't they? I mean, they I'm, do. I'm not. I'm not dissing you. They do. You. I'm, they it's do. A world we all love, but oh yeah, what what did you play the weekend? The Cavern of Draconis.
1: It does. It's like oh, descent into a Oh, or Legends of Waterdeep. You know, it's like, and, and that, that's absolutely fine. Like everybody rips the piss into me because my homebrew setting is the Thousand Diamond Continent, and everyone's like, oh, is that where the dressing's from? And I'm like. <laughs> Like yeah, great joke, guys. Like, and it's like, what would you prefer if it was called the Path of Pure? Like, does it need to have eighteen apostrophes before you'll believe it's something that's fantasy, right? And um, not 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 shaming anybody. Like, that's fair 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 criticisms. It, it, it's but, just that, like you're you're right.
0: there, there is a there, there is a.
1: Stigma, right? There's a stigmatization of nerdism or geekism attached. It's like demonism, like, uh, and all the shit that people used to think D&D was about. But from that, so from like experiencing that through community, I was like, well, I need to find a podcast, right? I think Critical Role was basically launching it around about the same time, but I could not for love nor money get it in the UK. I had shit internet. I didn't, wasn't really active on, on Twitter or any sort of D&D circles. So I didn't really know. So I was just like searching for D&D podcasts on Spotify. And I came across one called Critical uh, Hit, which was the... Uh, i can't even remember the name of their company a major spoilers was the name of the the network um they put out have you heard it i don't know it's like i've heard it but i've heard of it heard of it and it it went for like years it went for like three or four years and i just started listening to their adventure and it wasn't the most exciting adventure in the world but it was it was enough to get me interested in D d and i was listening to it and i was like god this is really popular right in terms of how many people are listening to it but the people, and I'm not, this isn't a criticism, but they were just they were just people that played D&D, right? They were just people that were passionate about it, that loved the game. And I was like, fuck, man, I'm really charismatic. And fuck, I've got loads of charismatic creative friends. I bet if me and some of my closest friends were pretending to be wizards and knights and all of that shit, it would be sensational, right? But obviously, I didn't know how to DM. I didn't know how to play. I didn't know any of that stuff. And my mind doesn't work the way that is, oh, buy a book. Oh, go to a comic book store. Oh, do this. I was just like, how is it ever going to happen? And I came across another show called Stubborn Heroes. And that was like a really good show. show I really invested in, really liked the DM style of Adam. And like I was just blown away by it. And then I was thinking yeah this could really really work and then i started looking into it seriously like looking at the rules looking at creating characters those sort of things looked up my local comic book store which ran a wednesday night come and play learn how to play but anxiety massively got in the way of me being able to to, to sort of have those conversations and to go for those meetings and so what i tried to do was just to try and build friendship and uh, like try and persuade other friends to come and try this and all the while drawing this putting pressure on myself to watch videos on youtube look at like explanation videos from people like WebDM or uh wasd 20 which was another nate um and like having those uh bill allen who who again like i say i watched the video he te- he does a, a youtube channel where he plays dnd with his students because he's a teacher and uh teaching its children was a really good way for me to be able to learn it right because i was like oh okay this is what it is and then Getting past the gatekeepers and just understanding that it's just making stuff up, right? It's just, it's just learning a few basic rules, having the dice set, and just making shit up it was revolutionary for me. Because I was like, oh, I literally thought, it, I was like, how am I ever going to be able to remember all of these details about a story? And, like, that's why I obviously, like, that's the main reason they, I go to homebrew is because I'm like... Oh, Isn't it great for me to be able to not have to fucking remember anything and just be able to make it up and then just remember what I've made up? Like that's so much easier because I can do it on the fly. And I get that improvisation is a skill, right? I know that not everybody has the ability to do that. I'm just really fucking fortunate that it's like one of my strengths and that I've got like the creative, I've I've thought about it enough to flesh it out. And then I can be like, right, okay, this is what it is. And on the fly, the players are like, oh my God, that's amazing. And I'm like, I wish you said that about the stuff I prepare, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But so, you know, it's pretty cool. I I think that answered your question. I hope it did. Yeah. yeah. Cuz it was a I, long
0: answer. It was. Yeah. You love an a long answer. And please don't take that as a criticism. I I like that. I'd rather someone express themselves in fully than they went,
1: yeah. Well, my favorite my favorite phrase to describe myself Nate is why use a sentence when an essay will do, you know? Like why use 10 words when you can use a thousand, right? I can kill kill them with words. Kill them with words. Wordness. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um
0: but no, that, that that's that's very interesting, and and you know, you're right. You're like, I when I when I as I say, I, I've literally only been playing a year. Literally, this this month, March March marks the, my first ever session, and because I don't feel that I'm particularly creative, or that I'll rephrase that, I don't. I think I'm an I think I'm an ideas man. I think I can come up with an idea, but not necessarily be able to flesh that out into something that is conclusive and, and covers everything. So, you know, I've fired concepts to you without... Literally, I've just fired, like, words and just said, what about this? Without any idea of what that might look like behind it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I knew or I, I felt at the time that, like, when we came to do this podcast or when we came to finish, we were we were running Lost Minds of delver in, in the starter set. Mm-hmm. When that finished, we were like... I, I just was like, I'm going to have to buy a, 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 a pre-written theme because the story's there... I just need to learn it. And ultimately, it's their story. And I didn't, I, th- I think I didn't feel the weight of that until we were probably a few sessions in. And like you said, it's, 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 yes, you can still make things up. And yes, you've still got a bit of discrepancy over what you do. Uh, sorry, discretionary over what you do. But to some degree, you still have to kind of keep it in the right lane to be able to make mm-hmm. sure that the story makes sense. Um, whereas with a homebrew, if you prepare something and something doesn't go to plan, just rip it up, start again. Like you, you, even for the next session, like, and I'm sure you've had this yourself, there's things that you've prepared and, and ultimately what, what your players have done has sort of made it void and, and pointless or not as impactful or whatever. And so I do now, there's definitely a part of me now with hindsight that wishes, wishes that I'd been able to produce a homebrew for us to play in rather than a pre-written and that's where I'm fleshing, you know, flexing my muscles with the, the the side quests that we're playing in in our game because that's where I'm getting my creativeness out. And and the guys have said without wanting to blow my trumpet, they've said those have been the best sessions because they felt organic and they felt a part of it. And it, you know, compared to what we've been playing before. Now I don't know whether that's maybe just me learning. It could be coincidental that it's just a combination of you know me getting more comfortable in in the role because I do feel like I've learned to enjoy DMing more now than I'd had. See, I can do long well, answers. I can do long answers as well,
1: Will. Um, I know. I wasn't saying that I was the best person at giving long answers, Nate. You were the one that fucking drew attention to it. Like, you were the one that was like, oh, you're the, you know, you do always like to give a long answer. Um, fucking, fucking hypocrite. <laughs> um, I, like, were your players, was it, like, the first time your players played as well? Like, or were your players experiencing playing D&D before you got together?
0: Yeah, so, um Yeah. We, when we played last year, it was the first time for me and Sam. I think MJ may have played one or two sessions previously, and Luke may have played one or two sessions previously. So so that original group that got together, we had less than half a dozen games collectively amongst us. And then we added Stuart, who hadn't played since... Um, the, the Dark Ages. 400 oh, years ago, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, he's fucking old. He's, he's literally one year older than me, but he's fucking old. Um, and then we added Mike, who I don't know quite what his history is, but he's definitely got a lot more experience than the rest of us. I think he was he was, and is, I don't know, but playing in, a, in other games. So he, he's he's the one that's got the most... Can
1: I just say, sorry to just interrupt your flow, Nate? but I love how well you know your players.
0: Well, I just... I just it's a DM, isn't it? That's the point Is you know, if you don't know your own players, what's the what's the point of being head of the table? You know, it's. whether I think I think whatever style of DM you are, whether you're a preparer or a bullshitter, you've still got to know who you're playing with. Some degree. No, that's not to say that you can't just you know rabble against you know a group of strangers and play a game, but I don't imagine it's quite as easy. And I'm gonna I'm gonna find this out next next week because I've got I've got a game with four people that have never played DM D&D in their life and don't even know each other particularly well. So that's going to be interesting. So we'll find How out. How are you doing? What are you doing? Is that like a competition? Like, what are you doing? So, uh, basically, because because D&D has overtaken my life, like, I sort of looked at it from afar and then started playing, and now it's the only thing in my life, realistically. Mm-hmm. Um, that From an entertainment point of view, I do desperately love my wife and my daughter. Um, became such an obsession for me i want to pay that forward coming back to the kindness thing D D is quite still there's an element of maybe not gatekeeping but there's still an element of if you don't know the rules and you don't have players around you that want to play how do you get involved you can't just yeah we know that you can go and roll 20 and join a group of strangers but you've got to have quite some confidence to do that when you don't know how you're playing so actually getting people giving people the opportunity to play was was what i wanted to do so with food review uk fans i was like look guys you now listen to the Dice and desire podcast if you're enjoying that and want to give playing a go do you want me to run a session for you and like a few step forward and said yeah so i'm just
1: playing a game with a few people that i sort of know um i'll yeah, be fine because so the thing is is and we talked about like the dm not necessarily being the main component because obviously without the dm you can't play the game but without the players the dm's got nothing to dm right so it's it's equally important but for the dm as long as you've got confidence and you can give confidence to the other people that are playing that's all that matters right is that they just want to know it's like uh it's a bit like a captain i guess or like a helmsman or anything like that is that you want to have faith in the person that is running everything so if you've got somebody that's like oh um, okay uh i think that you have to roll acrobatics maybe and that's fine too because we all got to learn and we've all got to go through that there's no pressure to be perfect but if you've got a dm like that for example and you're new to the game that might be quite an off-putting experience because you might be like i don't know this seems a bit shit and it, unless you're 100 passionate about it and you are if it's something you're just like yeah i'll give it a go you're probably not going to stick around for that. So I think they're going to have an amazing experience. And so will you, because that's going to be a really like organic thing where they've heard you, they know who you are, they have volunteered, they want to be part of this, which means that they want to have a good time. It's just like, if I'm being honest, most of the problems that I've had in terms of playing for people either that didn't know each other or that I found difficult to get on with is it's, typically the way that they like to play the game, right? So like like there are many that's what I like about 5e is that there are like a platitude of different ways to be able to actually play this, right? Or a multitude of ways to be able to play this. But you have to make sure that everybody does play and wants to play the game the same way. Right. That's the most crucial thing. So that if you've got players that don't know what to expect, which again is one of my favorite catchphrases, um you're able to like basically flesh that appear like that um like what that looks like right so you know because your players who've been playing for a year with you if they threw something left field to you you'd know how to react to that straight away so if you're playing with people that don't know how to play at all or people that are learning and people that are just like sort of trying to understand it a little bit more you've got a good place because like i always say on my world building streams it's just making stuff up Mm -hmm. right so as long as you can do that with confidence then people are going to believe in you right and like that's it if you can if you can get rid of that suspension of if you can or what is it if you create that suspension of disbelief right and you can transport somebody into that world and make them feel like they're wielding that axe or they're casting that spell you've achieved it because that is literally why you're playing D and D you're playing it because you want to feel like you're actually doing the things that we're describing. And um, I think that they're the best players to have as newbies.
0: I'm I'm intrigued to see how it play, plays out because you know, like I say, they're four people that don't. Although I think they know each other's names and stuff like that. They're not necessarily like it's not like it's four friends that I've just you know decided to DM for. They 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 all come from their own um, walks of life, so to speak, and. What I think some people, not everyone, what some people might find a bit of an odd thing is like things like role playing. Now, luckily the the luckily the campaign that I've got for them is only a one one shot essentially. Um luckily there's minimal role playing. It's mainly and this is not going to be a major sport to them, it's it's mainly combat with a bit of maybe problem solving and things like that. But um you know, I could I could imagine Four people who don't particularly know each other, have never played before, might get a bit. And I'm sure I was the same. Like the, our first session, I probably, I think the first time I had to voice a goblin, I felt like an absolute dick because it was just like I'm, I'm in this unusual situa- situation with a group of friends, and I'm like, "Hello, I'm a goblin. My name's Turk or whatever his name was at the time." Like, and it's just, it, it, yeah, it's you. You've you mentioned it to you know on a couple of times. You're a performer, and do you think that's, do you think that's your biggest strength coming into DMing? That you've you've got that you've got that background, so therefore you don't necessarily have to have any majoring anxiety about performing.
1: The, the, the comfortability and the lack of anxiety comes around from who you're playing and the atmosphere that you're playing in. Because if you're not a performer, but you're playing with loads of people that you really trust and like, you're just mates. You've <laughs> got no trouble doing little monster because you don't care about shit
0: such an easy voice to slip into it's it's just goblin grossness it's just it's the only one i can nail 100 percent of the time
1: but i've had situations like there's loads of different things that i still feel anxiety about right because even if i don't feel anxiety about what a voice would be or how competent i am at doing accents and those sort of things i'm shit at coming up with names on the fly which i know like i've had several comments uh, and don't take this the bad way nate i've had several comments from friends that have said like all of my m or, or from players that my npc sound like accountants right it's like clive clive shondiel and uh, uh jasper sinclair and jennifer hort you know like these are all names of people that i've put in that are actually canonically in the game and it's like why am I naming it like that? And I had a problem, like the first few sessions that I played, more or less every NPC that the characters came across that I hadn't written down their name for beforehand was Gary, right? Everybody was Gary, All right? This is Gak, which is another name for Gary, and this is Garibaldi, and this is Garrison. And like, it, 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 it was just because like, for whatever reason, when I'm put on the spot, my name's like Gary, it was Gary. And like, maybe that's something from my past traumatic that I haven't been able to explore yet. Who knows? But Gary is the one thing that I always go to. Uh, and so I think that performance being a performer helps with some of those aspects to it, but like, I always say to people, Nate, that you don't, it doesn't matter. You can, you can. Say, right, my character's going to try and have a conversation with this NPC, and they're going to be trying to persuade them by utilising the information that they have uh, gathered about uh, their family, and they're going to try and intimidate them to helping out the park. Now, for me as a DM, I would think that that was incredible role-playing, just because you haven't actually had that conversation where you've been like, here, why have you got that paper? And if you don't give me 20 gold pieces, I'm going to rump your own ear and i'm gonna make sure your sister who you've never mentioned before but we are well aware of does not get you a secret passage uh, or secret parcel right and like so that is two different ways of, i so i don't know why i fucked up as soon as i said passage but like the point i'm making is that it doesn't matter how you approach a situation or how you achieve it Even if you're not a strong performer, you can still have a good role-playing experience by thinking about it logically and like in different steps. What I actually think my uh, best skill is coming to D&D, and also I think is one of the greatest skills a DM can have, and I would say that because it's the thing that I think I'm the best at, is being empathetic, right? And being able to read emotions and read the table, read how people are feeling so that I can like... I'm shit at pacing, but if I know something's not enjoyable, I'm really quick to move us on from that, right? Or if I know something's difficult for other people or people are feeling uncomfortable, I'll do everything I can to be able to uplift that. And that's why I guess our comedy, our podcast is more comedy-focused is because my natural go-to to make people try and feel better is to try and make them laugh, right? And so naturally, that's the thing that I have to lean into more because I want to make sure that it's not detrimentally impacting the rest of the campaign. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah,
1: no, that, that, that makes sense. I mean- What would you say yours is? What would you say your biggest skill is coming? Because you're not, a, like you say yourself, you're not a natural performer. We, I know we were talking specifically about voices, but segueing into strengths, what would you say that your biggest strength is with regards to um, DMing? Tough one, Pro- probably something similar.
0: Probably something similar, because I-, I think that and the willingness to learn, because- Strength is not my, you know, strength, strength is not my strength. Brilliant. Um, voices, voices and... Seen those
1: arms, big strong arms. <laughs>
0: uh, voices and improvising are not necessarily my strongest, I don't think. Um, sometimes I struggle, especially when something comes out of real left field. Like, I, I do struggle with what to do. I, I, so I think, you know... I, I want my players, to, I want my players to win. I don't want any of my players to die in game. You know, I shouldn't say that realistically. If if, if they die at the table, then then fine, that happens. But I don't want them to. Um, I want them to struggle because I think, you know, like life, you know, we learn from our struggles and, you know, um, but I don't necessarily want them to die. So I think, yeah, probably an empathy from, from just wanting players themselves to enjoy themselves and the characters to feel like, you know, they're getting their full shot. And I think that's that's quite tough. You know, you're, you're dealing with an ensemble, especially, like I say, when you're playing a pre-written module, you know, you are relying on hopefully the players asserting themselves and pushing themselves into the story um, because the story is not about them like okay, yes, I can make it about them in in certain ways, or I can make an NPC maybe talk to a different character than, than the one that maybe pushed themselves forward. but the story itself is not about these five characters that I've got, so I've got to find ways of trying to keep them engaged and keep them give them a personal reason as to why they they go, and I think that's probably although it's not necessarily I'm, I'm still fleshing it out I would say probably yeah an, an empathy and, and and willingness for my players to survive and and win. Inverted commas, um at D and D, and just have a good time. I just want, I just want everyone just to have a good time at the table. At the end of the day, um, I don't want to be a, I'm not. I'm not a DM that wants to kill everyone. I'm not a DM that you know whatever. But.
1: Thanks, though, because both of us are intuitive feelers, right? Is so from a perspective of personality types, that is exactly the thing that we instinctively look to try and do. And that, the thing is, is to get the best experience at playing D and D, and this is why. I'm really adverse to playing with people that I get bad vibes about or people that I don't know particularly well um, because of that, the way I run games is I want everybody at the table to feel like they can be vulnerable because I feel like that's the time when you get the best experience out of playing D&D. I don't mean that you've got to be willing for me to be able to do whatever I want to emotionally like manipulate your character into doing stuff. But what I'm saying is, is that you need to trust fully all of the other players at the table and you need to trust the DM that no subject is going to be touched that's going to make you feel like that so that you can fully experience it to its full extent, right? Because if you're being held back, like one of the things that I was just thinking about when you were talking then about, um, you know, players need to, like sometimes they're looking for you to to what to do and they're not not necessarily coming up with the ideas and being able to move forward with stuff. An experience I've had both as a player and as a DM noticing it in other players, like sometimes you don't want to be the loudest person because you're like, oh, am I going to annoy everybody? Am I taking too much of the limelight? Am I, you know, am, is this is this any good? Am I playing the game in the right way? And like those are genuine concerns, but like there's not actually anything to worry about because there's no way you can fuck it up. It's just being able to handle that thought of a DM saying to you, oh, no, you can't do that. And then having the emotions to be able to say, all right, fair enough, and then just move on. It's it, The only time it ever becomes a problem is like when it's like, well, no, I think it should be like that and it's like it's and all of that is is an emotional reaction so we talk about like abrasive players so we talk about players that are a little bit brash and bashful like paul is a great example paul as a player hates to feel like he's having his agency removed so if i ever put in any situations where i feel like i am categorically making him feel like he doesn't have an option or he doesn't have impetus on what he can make his character do He gets a bit defensive on that and i think that he'd feel like that was fair for me to say but i don't feel like his defensiveness is a negative thing i think that that's just the thing that i haven't necessarily given paul that trust that he can know that it's a safe place for his character to do this and i'm making him do something or railroad to do to do something because of narrative purposes and not because I want to fuck him over, right? So, like, a a good example of this was a recent uh, session. So, like, not, not this Sunday just gone, but the week before. Paul's um, character, Lord Torrin, wanted to go to a jewellers to get a stone that he'd collected um, turned into a necklace, right? Mm-hmm. And in that interaction, because I'm a fucking idiot and a chaotic edge lord, I asked, as the NPC, if I could draw Lord Torrin, right? So I wanted to draw or paint his character and i rolled for it because i thought it would be funny to decide what would happen and i rolled three on the performance roll to see how well he painted this picture and because of this paul was like mm, okay can i do a perception check of the jewelry that's on offer at this store please to make sure that like this guy knows what he's fucking talking about and that it's not going to be a shit piece of jewelry because i think where is the where's my notebook I think I've posted the picture on Twitter. I don't know if you saw it, but it was like a line drawing that I did of uh, Lord Torrin. And uh, he said, um, he was like, "Mm, okay. And I was like, shit, maybe that was a bad idea because I want to give him trust. But I also, it was a really funny interaction and it was a good chance for me to be able to be a bit of an idiot. And... Like I, I looked back at that situation and Paul reacted as his character would because like if I went into a store and was like, right, can you craft me this piece of artisanal jewelry, please? And they were like, but first I must draw you. And I was like, yeah, all right. And then it was the shittiest drawing in the world. I'd be like. You sure you're going to do my jewellery, mate? So then, what I had to do in character and to like give them complete trust and like this is the thing that I think a lot of DMs forget is that you have to like if you say something, okay, you have you should be upfront and honest. Like if it's if you're being a player and you're being a player that is, um uh, if you're DMing a game and DM for a player and you want them to believe something, you have to say, look, you can 100% believe this, and like. Like that's why I only usually get them to roll for things where I'm actively trying to deceive, or if I'm actively trying to, like, I hedge the bet. So I will try and make something look specifically a bit edgy or a little bit weird um to throw throw their scent off, or or to be like a red herring or whatever. um But I had to say, like, so this character what developed from that? I'm sorry, I've gone off on a massive tangent, that's Nate. Fine. I'm so sorry for this, but. Uh, I said as the character, oh, uh, no, 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 no. Uh, Jewelry, I have had to work for 50 50 years to perfect this art, Uh, but art, drawing, is my passion. It is not something I have trained in. It is just something that I adore. And so it's like I had to find a reason to be able to do that because it's my job to, manage that player and i know that that sounds like such an archaic term but the the point is is that i have to do that so that they know that they can trust me to do things like that and not be fucked over
0: right you don't want to railroad them and just say no you do believe listen listen. Yeah. i know he's just drawn a shit picture of you but no tough you believe you believe that he's he's a good art. Uh,
1: a good jeweler. Good artist. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I I couldn't I couldn't say that because I, I had to like make it canonically so yeah. that he could actually see that. Because another example in the same episode is that Lord Torrin, I last minute, so I had like an urchin go up to talk to this to the party in the plug hole. And uh they were all like oh it's like like an oliver type character an artful dodger and then when the character went to say goodbye he took his hat off and he was like a balding halfling and so like it was like misdirection in the terminology of it like that and like lord Torin was like lord Torin hasn't noticed he's an old man and i'm like yeah but i've just told you like i've told you what you've seen and no he hasn't noticed and i'm like okay i can't i can't Stop somebody from choosing actively to avoid making that connection unless I make them roll for it. But like you don't, you can't dictate what somebody does and doesn't see. You've just got to be, you've just got to be allowing them to play fluidly. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. So yeah, I, I'm I'm sort of the same because yeah, I I struggle because I struggle with improvising and things like that. I sometimes have to try and. I'm not going to say railroad, but nudge my players in the right direction because if they start wanting to do something that I'm not prepared for, I'm going to struggle. If they tell me they want to go to a town that I've done no research on, I'm fucked because I, I, can't, I can't just suddenly envisage and build an entire town in my head. Um, just for the whim of these people. So I mean, I mean, I could have just say, "Oh, you turn up and it's been burnt to the ground. There's no one there." Uh, but then that opens a big question: well, Who's burnt it down? We start to
1: investigate the Stick fire. up gun, right? We need to fucking find out who's burnt the village. And then it's like, guys, there's a fucking giant that you need to kill. Can you fucking focus? Yeah, and, we, yeah, and
0: yeah. we did have this, and I did completely railroad them, and I'm happy to say this, but there was there was a session where they started saying they were going to go to another town, which was a, like. They just took a bit of a story thread that wasn't supposed to be a story thread. And you're like, right, we're going to go to Waterdeep, and I'm like, no, you don't need to go. No, don't go to Waterdeep. There's nothing there. You don't need to. Do- Maybe later, but not now. So I just typed in the chat. I was just like, no, go north, and I was just, I just, I did re, I did railroad them, and I don't mind apologising it, just because we wouldn't have known what to do. I wouldn't have known what to do. Um, so I do apologise. Like, I don't want to railroad. <laughs>
1: I need to apologize for that because you're the one that's running the game. You run the game that you want to play and your players are the ones that decide whether or not they want to play in that game or not. Like the thing is, is, and this goes out to all the DMS out there, that work tirelessly all the time, yourself included, myself included, is that I need to close my phone. I do not, I do not care about the Royals fuck off sky news. Like literally do not give a shit. Um, uh, like the, the the this is sorry Nate, can you really pull me back in really quickly? What we were just talking about? We were just talking about railroading, and DMing. railroading, railroading and DMing. Like the thing is, is that I know competently and confidently. If my players decided that they wanted to go to Waterdeep, I could make up shit and they could waste loads of time there. Nothing would happen, but they could go off on their adventure because that's the game they want to play. Sometimes they wanted they want to be able to be like, I fucking do whatever I want. And I'm like, all right, cool. This is what happens. And like, I know that that is their way of unwinding steam and just getting to be silly and mess around for a bit. Because that's needed too, right? It's the shenanigans, It's the is the little like the playing at the end and all the rest of it. But it is still your game. And the amount of work that we as DMs have to put into this to make it coherent, to make it fun, to make like the maps, all of the like, even if you use pre-generated maps by other people, other people. You still got to set that up onto uh, Roll20 or whatever system you're using. You've got to then think about write okay, a to write up my notes, you know, and that's a lot of work, right? And it's a lot of work to actually get into the mindset to run a session because you are having to be emotional. You are having to be open to what other people are doing. You are having to think on your feet. And the players, and I'm not i'm not like again i'm not taking away their importance but all they really have to do is make sure that they understand what their character can do and turn up right and they don't they don't do that frequently so like they they always turn up but it's like uh, you know they don't always know what their fucking character can do because like two weeks between playing or because of whatever you know like there are loads of different variant reasons but like I feel like it's completely acceptable as a DM. If you're saying like, no, this is where you're going to have to go, because if you go here, there isn't an adventure here. Like, I don't have anything planned for this. All right, yeah, granted, you might have to cut that out of the podcast because it's not great content, but it needs to happen, right? It doesn't mean it's scripted. It means, guys, I have worked five hours this week to prepare an adventure that's going to take place in Neverwinter. We're not going to Waterdeep, right? Yeah. Or whatever the setting is. I don't know the law. So like, but you get where I'm coming from. Yeah, yeah, Um that's 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 why I didn't. That's why I didn't mind it
0: because ultimately there was nothing there. And yes, I could have come up with something, but it would have just been a waste of time. um It would have just been dancing around for for no reason whatsoever. Um, exactly right. We are both running a little bit short of time. It's been a lovely chat, but I'm going. I'm going I've to. Loved it. I've, I've loved it. It's been fantastic. I won't lie. I was a little bit nervous because this is the first time I've done a one-on-one interview with someone who. I know you fairly well, Will, but we don't know each other, know each other. There was no, I was still a little bit nervous about having a chat to you directly about a subject that I'm still learning about. You know, there's all these things. So I was, I was coming into this fairly nervously. And I think you, you've you been a tremendous guest and you've, and, and you've put my nerves at ease because you're a wonderful, wonderful man. But before you go, we're going to play a very, very quick game. Very quick game. It's called Play Your Bards Right. Nice. And, and um... Basically, what I've got for you um, is I've got in here, in my little dice tray, a load of monsters with their ability stats. Uh-huh. And you're just, I'm going to pick one out at random to start us off. And then you're going to have to tell me whether the next one is going to be higher or lower. That's all you have I to do. Okay. I love that. I love that. But decide which ability, that's why you've got your d6. So if you could roll me your d6 and tell me which stat we are going to be playing on. Six so that is charisma I believe
1: that's on branch because that's what I rolled for my d20 roll
0: correct right okay your first opening creature Mm -hmm. you've got everyone's favourite gelatinous cube what a son of a bitch Uh, for those that don't know the charisma stat for a gelatinous cube is one I reckon the next one is probably going to be higher it's going to be higher Um, so it's the score rather than the modifier just to be clear to everyone um adult green
1: dragon 17 17 i'm gonna say lower like i feel like quite lucky that i've got two quite extremes here like unless you're pulling out a fucking uh an arch sorcerer
0: just just rando mate just rando there's there's 20 in total so that's the most you can get <gasps> right so i should have said this beforehand if it meets it beats you've got mind flare which is also 17 so that so that counts
1: that is close. So we're three for three so far. I'm well, two for two, I guess, because uh, the first one is a freebie. Uh, lower. I'm still going to say lower. I'm going to. So, from
0: a points perspective, you don't get a point for that one, but you do. You, it does allow you to carry on.
1: These rules, are few, I'm fuming at these rules, but okay. All right, that's that. Look, it's, it seems to me if you've got specific cards in there that are going to be fucking lower or higher, you should just, don't even do it random, just plan it out so you know categorically what it is.
0: Will, it's all about making things up.
1: All right. Uh, what say. did you say, by the
0: way? You said... Lower. Lower.
1: Oh, I was too indignated.
0: Satire, which is 14. Nice, oh, but that's such a difficult
1: number now, isn't it? It's horrible. It's a horrible number. Satia, okay, Satya, So uh, Stephen plays a Satia bard in a home game that I run. Very, very cool race. Um, lower, I'm going to say lower. Ogre seven, smashing mm-hmm. it. Come on, smashing Come it. Nate's yeah. game completed, mate.
0: Yeah, uh, you're higher. Getting, you're getting the twenty higher than a seven. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a Nothic with an eight.
1: Oh, just in there with a the close bow. I'm getting really... Are you going to track the scores each guess? Yeah. Nice. I love that. All right, higher. Higher than an eight. Oh,
0: it's a Sturge. Six. So uh, what did I get? Four. So you got one, two, three, four. Yeah, four correct. Four. That's still four. Stuart was the first one and he got three, so you're ahead of him.
1: Yes! Yes! Fucking champ! Fuck you, Stuart! Fuck you! I love you, I love you. Check out this is Bardcore, he's amazing. Um, I'm going to watch that, fuck you, Stuart, and that's just going to be the entire podcast. This is Will's episode, just on repeating for two hours, just that, amazing. Um... And can I just say as well, like because of all your lovely words, just that like uh, like I can't believe that you were nervous before us having this chat. You're such a natural host and you're such a naturally gifted talk, uh, like talker and an interviewer. And this has been such a uh, a pleasure to to come on and talk to you. And, and any time that you want a chat or any time that you need a guest, um, I appreciate not every week. It'd probably be quite boring if I was the only guest, but I'd love to just let me know because I would really, really enjoy being on.
0: I mean, there's lots of things that we didn't touch on um, that we talked about beforehand—mental health and your performance and things like that. So I'm sure that it'll be definitely an opportunity to touch on other, to touch you on other subjects. Um, uh, but we'll, no, have th- you, we'll have to get you on my my stream as well. One day, one day. But no, I, I, I'm not stupid. I wanted to get people on that I know that I'm comfortable with to some degree. This is the first proper, like I said, it's the first proper one-on-one interview I've ever done with a you know non-friend, so to speak, or a new friend, <laughs> Thanks, mate a new friend um Mm -hmm. so you know this you know that's where the nerves came from but it's been fantastic i've been loving talking to you i could have carried on but unfortunately you know time constraints and all that sort of thing as well to be fair where (laughs) lovely where i'm glad that i'm more important than that where can people find you where can people find roll the damn dice and where can people twitch you
1: okay so you can find uh both uh me and roll the damn dice on twitter uh i am at Rtddwill Will on Twitter and that uh, roll the damn dice is at damn underscore dice. You can also find us on Instagram at damn dice and on uh Facebook at Roll the Damn Dice as well. Um on Twitch I am uh forward slash WhatsApp Wilbow, uh no special characters or anything like that. Um and I I stream four times a week. I stream two evenings on a Tuesday and a Wednesday, or three evenings, Tuesday, Wednesday and a Saturday evening. Um, but I also stream early Saturday afternoon as well. Um, So yeah, come check out our channel, we do bedtime stories, we do kindness readings, uh, kindness Ratings, shit, can't even read my own fucking writing, where we go and just like loads of shit that people do on Facebook. Um, I also do a and d specific world building stream on Saturdays and a mental health chat. So we're trying to build a community of people that feel like they can support each other. Nate, you're part of that community and I feel very, very blessed and lucky to have you and Stuart involved. Uh, Sam as well, Sam's part of the community. Um, and I think you guys, uh, you guys are a fucking ace. So um, thank you so much for giving me this platform to be able to shout and uh, for not being for being gracious enough to not interrupt me when I'm fucking going on and on and on for ages about nothing. I appreciate
0: it. Uh, there's no point having guests on if I just talk over them at the end of the day. So that's that, that, this, true, mate. This is a platform for other people. I've got other platforms for myself. So there's no point me coming on, getting you on here and then just not letting you talk. So, And you can talk exactly. in the very nicest possible way.
1: I can, mate. I'm so good. That's literally the the way that I've built a career for the last 10 years has been on my ability to bullshit and talk. Good. Sales!
0: <laughs> right. Thank you very much, Will. And, uh, yeah, please go and check him out and in everything he does. Uh, fantastic work. And, yeah, that's all I've got for you. Uh, we'll be back in around about another month's time with... I don't know if I I haven't got a concrete guest yet so I won't I won't announce anything until I actually know who I'm got on episode 3. Thank you very much for listening and do obviously check us out on Dyson and Desire and check out the the actual play where god knows what Quinch will have done by this t- by the time you get to listen to this episode because Quinch is a monster. Right we'll go and have a poo. Bye.
1: I love you. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast app to ensure you don't miss any future installments of Dice and Desire. And in the meantime, if you want to interact with us, come and find us on Twitter and Instagram at Dice and Desire.